What is going on, guys? It's Brad. Uh, welcome to another episode of a Not So Wrestling Podcast. Uh, man, we're back, and I'm I'm super excited for this one. Uh, my guest today uh, is my mentor in the referee scene, uh, at least one of my mentors in the referee scene. He's a huge Disney fan. Uh, he probably loves cute animals more than I do, which is saying a lot because I freaking love cute animals. Uh, and on top of all that, uh, the man eats more cookies than Cookie Monster. Uh, it's Matt McCausland, guys. Uh, give him a follow. He's hilarious. He'll probably send you, uh, you know, NFL memes and uh, cute animals into your DMs if you follow him. But uh, you know what? Sit back and uh, enjoy the show, guys. Welcome back to a Not So Wrestling Podcast. My guest today is uh, my favorite referee uh, who had a huge hand in, in training me and constantly looking after me. Uh, Matt McCausland, how the hell have you been? Because it's been probably a year since I've seen your face. I, I'm doing very well, actually. I've been very lucky with all of this nonsense going on. Um, it hasn't been too much of a change for me because I'm kind of a homebody other than not getting to see your face, which really sucks. Um, no, it's, it's, yeah, it has been way too long. Holly and I were talking about this the other day that we haven't been to a wrestling show since the middle of March. Wow. And we haven't seen anyone from smash in a year. That's like insane. I literally had the memory pop up on Facebook yesterday. What? So was the last uh, wrestling show you did, was that border town then? Or no, cause border- yeah, that border town would have been the last one you and I did together, which uh, February. Yep. And then the, we the March went one to, got canceled. Right. So we went to NXT in Michigan um, when they came to Detroit on, I think it was March 7th. And then it was the next week that everything was done. Yeah. Uh, I remember the last show I worked before the first lockdown was in Peterborough. And the next day, everything got shut down. And it was like, okay, uh, now what? And it's been almost a year, which is insane. Um, but man, like I, I'm doing good, uh, you know, keeping positive. I'm lucky. I'm still working. I, I'm assuming you're still working since you said you had to work today. Yeah. So, uh, I, I do tech support for security software. So I literally call people and help them fix problems with this, this product that we have. And basically my job entails me being ridiculous on calls and making bad puns until I find an answer for them. So it's really the perfect job for me. So nothing's changed. <laughs> no, literally, I'm exactly who I am. Are you, um, <laughs> are, you working, are you working from home or are you still going into the office? I'm working from a secure remote location. That's what we're told to say. Okay. Um, I, so yeah, I am working from home though. Uh, just when I'm on calls, I have to say that. But it's, uh, it's different. I've got my new, my new coworkers are kind of needy. They, they always want hugs and they, they make a lot of noise. So I had to move my desk so they'd stop getting on my calls. I mean, that's um, fair. I would yeah. be too. Uh, <laughs> if you've worked shows with me. I'm also very needy and require lots of hugs. <laughs> that's very true. I think we all require hugs at shows though. It's just one of those things. It absolutely is. And <laughs> it's definitely one of the things I miss the most. Um, but man, it's so good to hear your voice. Uh, it's honestly, it's been way too long and this thing can't wrap up soon enough. But it does seem like we have a ways to go yet. Um, the main reason I brought you on is because I know you're a big fan of Disney and everything that has to do with Disney. 
Yes, I am. And I want to do a deep dive. I've got other things I want to talk to you about as well, but I want to get the meat and potatoes right away. Uh, Sweet. So let's, let's. I will talk about anything. Perfect. Let's talk Disney. Uh, what's your all-time favorite Disney movie? So we got to quantify this a little bit because when I look at Disney movies, there's there's different categories, right? And I Absolutely. tend to look at time frames. Um, if we're going overall favorite, like any Disney movie ever, it has to be Lilo and Stitch. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I knew you knew it. Which is perfect. <laughs> uh, so I guess we can break it out down into like uh, two categories. We can do like pre-3D animation and post-3D animation. Um, See, I tend to go a little different. Okay, let's let's hear how you do it. I want to do it the way you do it because if you have a way that you like to classify things, then I think we should do it that way. So I tend to look at it as like you've got your classics like Pinocchio and Bambi and all that stuff. Right. That to me is one category. Okay, so you have classics. I'm going to yep. write these down. You then have what I call the golden age of Disney. And it basically starts with the Fox and the Hound in 1981. And when you hit 81, that's when you start getting into all these great Disney movies. Okay. And, and... We basically end that era after, hang on, because I'm going to mess up which one was last. After Aladdin. Okay. Or sorry, no, after The Lion King. My apologies. See, I was going to screw it up. Because once Lion King was done, then you kind of get into the like mid 90s to mid 2000s Disney movies. And there really wasn't a lot of greatness there. They were just kind of there. Like, like Pocahontas wasn't a bad movie by any means. It had that one really great song, but it's not a classic to me. I'll agree with that. Um, I will say, arguably, one of the best Disney movies did come out during that time frame. Are you going to say a goofy movie? No, I'm going to say Hercules. Okay, see, that's fair, exactly, because it did have some. There were still good movies, but I feel like that's like the unloved group of movies is oh, that sure. mid, mid-90s to mid-2000s, because Hercules is in there. Treasure Planet, one of my all-time favorites, is the most underloved movie in all of Disney. Treasure and Planet that's in that. is so good, and it's so underrated to the point yeah. where like, I went back and watched it probably six, seven months ago, and I was like, holy <laughs> shit, this movie's awesome. So... Little known fact while we're getting into this, and you actually know this, but I don't know if your listeners will. I actually worked for Disney for a while. Yes, you did. I worked for Disney Plus when they first started the the service. I was able to be in, be a part of their call center to be able to take calls and had a blast doing that because, well, what else am I going to be other than a Disney person, right? So my favorite my favorite question that I always ask you whenever you do this is how many Disney puns did you work into every consumer complaint it would be at minimum to a call but it would always i would try to slide them in really casually where they wouldn't even notice it see that's what i love about you my favorite one that i got to do though um are we allowed to curse on your podcast yeah you say whatever you want okay sweet so my favorite call that i ever got though was a guy calls in and if you called in i'd be like hi it's matt from disney plus how can i help you today with my super happy voice, right? Of course. The guy's real quiet for like five seconds and goes, are you a fucking robot? Come on. Which I don't even blink and I say, no, sir, I assure you, I am a real boy. That's outstanding. That's the and best he, answer you could have given. He didn't catch it, but my supervisor sitting beside me and fell off his desk laughing. Yeah, that's that's so good and it's so quick-witted. <laughs> I, wouldn't have, I don't think I would have caught it, first of all. 
And second of all, I wouldn't have thought of it that fast. Yeah, it was. It's one of those things where I've always been very quick with puns and word plays. It, it's just we built it up when I was working at uh, an organic juice bar, actually, where you'd get bored doing cleaning at the end of the night, so you just start making puns about everything around you okay, to try to make sense. the shift go by, and it just stuck. That makes sense. Uh, give me your best juice pun. Um, so probably say when we were, so we'd end up, uh, doing food prep, right? So you've got to prep the carrots and the beets and everything. Go to prep a bucket of beets. Oh, somebody beat me to it. Ugh. Somebody finished doing the carrots first. Oh, that hit me right in the heart, right in the carotid artery. Ugh. Yeah. Like they're terrible puns, yeah, right? I can but, see why yeah. you uh, got fired. Um, <laughs> and if you didn't get fired, I would have fired you. Um, but Back to the topic at hand. Yes. We're talking Disney. We're not talking juice puns. Yeah. As so much as you want to talk about juice puns <laughs> <laughs> for the rest of this podcast. Yeah. So the other category I break it down to is Pixar to me is its own category. I understand that they're Disney owned now, but to me, and they will always be their own category. I'll agree with that. I think when I think of Disney, I tend to think more of the animated style. Uh, yes. And then when you think Pixar, that's when you think of the, your 3D animation, your toy stories and stuff like that. Exactly. Now, the reason I do it by those sort of like the golden age and everything like that is because parts of those had 3D animation and computer animation in them. Aladdin was the first big picture that they did that had 3D computer animation in it. That's when funny. they do the, the lava scene where he's escaping from the Cave of Wonders, that's all CG. I didn't know that until right now. Yeah. That's cool. So, so that's kind of why for me, I break it down a little bit differently. Um, but yeah, if we're going overall, Lilo and Stitch, no question. Okay, that's fair. Um, if you can't pick Lilo and Stitch, because I think anyone who knows you knows that's the obvious <laughs> answer, uh, what would you pick? You know what? Give me a top three, and then I'll give you my top three. So top three Disney animated. Um, Dis- we'll leave Lilo and Stitch out of it for this yeah, one. Yeah, Disney in general. So Disney in general. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say Hercules is in there, because that is yeah. one of my favorites. I think Hercules comes in at three for me. I think that's probably fair. I wouldn't put it top. Um, I'd probably go Hercules, Aladdin, and Lion King, and those two kind of flip between each other depending on the day. You have the exact same three as I do. <laughs> Why am I not surprised? Um, I think it's it's just a, you know what? I might throw the Jungle Book in there. Um, See, Jungle Book didn't hit me as hard. I I just like the singing bear ones, as a kid. Yeah, the singing bear was great. I loved that. So my thing is, and I can't remember if we've had this conversation. I've been to Disneyland 22 times. Oh my God. Have you seen and everything yet? I, I have. I've seen multiple everythings at Disneyland. Now um, I've went to Disney World twice, but Disneyland itself I've went 22 times. So you're you're more of a California guy. I grew up on the West Coast. Right. So when we would go on vacation each year, uh, my dad was in the military. Mom worked full time. We didn't have a lot of time when we would go on vacation. So we would basically skip school Friday, skip school Monday, and then jump in the car. And we would drive 22 hours straight from Vancouver down to LA. We go to Disneyland on the Saturday, go to another theme park Sunday, drive back Sunday night through Monday, go to school Tuesday morning. That's a pretty sweet vacation. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. But think about it this way. This is the early to mid nineties. That's a terrible vacation. I'm not going to lie. In a Hyundai pony. Yeah. You, you know what? <laughs> traveling these days uh like if i'm going on a 
eight-hour drive to Chicago for a show, yep, it's nothing because there's always entertainment, whether it's you know a game on my phone, whether it's podcasts, whether it's endless music at my fingertips, yep, uh, whether it's you know having a GPS that's going to take us through the least amount of traffic possible mm-hmm. makes life super easy. I can imagine traveling back then being like, and even like to an extent, me growing up traveling is like, oh, this sucks. Like, I used to have a cottage um, probably about two hours from here. Yep. And I remember thinking it was the longest drive. <laughs> and uh, Shane Saber and I went camping this summer, and we stayed in and around the same area that my cottage was. And when we got there, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, this drive took no time at all, and I'm used to this drive feeling like it takes days. Uh-huh. So... So I think that driving though helped me get ready for wrestling. Oh, I, because, yeah, absolutely yeah, like, did. Like driving for me is nothing. Like we go on road trips anywhere, and I'm just like, yeah, whatever. Jump in the car, let's go. Like twelve hours, pff, let's do it. Yeah, you're based out of Windsor. Uh, yes. So if if people who are listening don't know where Windsor is, it's basically south of Detroit. Yep. Uh, believe that. Uh, so from Toronto, it, what takes you what three three and a half four hours? We'll say four hours if I'm following the speed limit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so three, three and a half, four hours. Uh, three and a half. I did it in two and a half once by accident. Oh my accident. god! I don't even want to know how fast you were going. Um, one seventy. Oh, it wasn't my fault. I had rented a Toyota Yaris. Have you ever been in one of those? Was that the Progress Weekend? No, this was this was well before Smash and everything. Okay, yeah, yeah. So when I first started training for wrestling, I lived in Toronto, and I would drive to Windsor, train for two days, drive back. Well, that's because you're insane. Well, no, what was really insane was when I first started, I would actually take the overnight bus train for two days, take the overnight bus back, work two jobs for two weeks, and then do the same thing. Then I got smart and started renting cars. So when I rented the car, they're like, here's the Yaris. And I'm like, cool, okay. The Yaris, when it first came out, for whatever goofy reason, had the speedometer in the center of the console instead of in front of you. Oh, that's dumb. That's really dumb. Yeah. This was also when rental cars usually didn't have... uh, um, I was going to say autopilot. That's not the cruise right control word. is the word you're Thank looking you. for. <laughs> it was a long day at work. Yeah, it didn't have cruise control. So I'm driving back from Windsor, 10:30 at night. Just start driving, keep going. I'm passing trucks reasonably, not super fast, but I'm passing them like I normally would. Hour goes by. Welcome to London. I'm like, what the hell? Look down. I'm doing 177. Yeah, that's those. Those trucks didn't have limiters clearly because they must have been doing a buck fifty. Yeah, no kidding. If you were, cause, <laughs> I mean, it's pretty obvious when when you pass a truck and you're going way faster than you should be going. So those, mm-hmm. there's, there's no way that those trucks had had limiters on them. No, because this would have been oh five, oh six, wow. and I don't think those came in until 2010, give or take. Yeah, it, it was around then. Yeah. Uh, so I'm like, you know, I'm never gonna do this again. This was really dumb and not safe. But let's see what happens. And I just kept going. So I got home in two and a half hours. Oh my God. That's insane. Yeah. Um, wow. Two and a half. <laughs> so you're definitely used to the road trips. Um, going back to Disneyland. Yes. Would you be someone who wants to go more to Disney World now that you've seen Disneyland 22 times? So it's kind of one of those things where it's like the. Or is it a nostalgia thing? It's the first love thing, right? Yeah. Disneyland itself, honestly, is better than Disney World. That's a hot take. It is a hot take, but there's a reason for it. 
Disney World is split into four parks. I knew that was going to be your answer. I knew it. All of that is in one theme park in Disneyland. And they have California Adventure right there as well that you can jump into if you really want to. But my bigger thing with Disneyland was just the, it's the original, right? And it's, there's so many memories I have wrapped up in it. From yeah, all the sense. trips I took as a kid. Um, that's where I kicked my first mascot. Um, <laughs> so when I was four or five, very young, my brother kept taking my hat. I've got an older brother. And I turned and looked at him. I was like, you take my hat again, I'm going to kick you. Well, the guy in the Dale costume thought he was being funny and took my hat. And I just turned and kicked. And then you realized and, it was a mascot. Yeah, booted a six-foot chipmunk in the shin. That's that poor guy. <laughs> I love it, but that that, that poor guy. <laughs> Pretty much. Did, um, he, did he break character at all? or did he, did he, No, uh, he hopped around holding his leg and just hopped away. What a champion. Because I would have probably gone, you little shit, and been <laughs> fired. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So we tackled, we tackled your favorite movie. Yep. Do you have a favorite character that's not Stitch? Because Wally. I know if I asked you who your favorite Wally. character is. Wally. Yeah. Okay. So Wally's my favorite Pixar movie, um, which we'll probably talk about least favorites in a bit too. Um, Wally for me has just always been this standout amazing movie that just really got to me. But when I got married, um, my lovely wife, who everyone loves more than me, and I don't blame them, um, she actually, we created our wedding ceremony together from scratch and just built it ourselves. And one of the things we did was you can pour different colored sand together. And they wanted music to play while that was going on. So she actually agreed to let me put the song from Wally Defined Dancing, where Wally and e Wally's got the fire extinguisher and him and Eve are dancing outside the spaceship. Mm -hmm. She let me put that music on while we were doing that. So it's always got that, that nice place in my heart. Well, bless her heart. She, uh, she puts up with a lot of your shit, eh? She really does. Can you imagine like, you know, the puns that I normally lay out all the time. Yeah. I couldn't and imagine. And I would give that to people at shows. <laughs> I give it to people at shows. I give it to people at work and now there's no one getting it other than oh, her. That, that poor woman. She's a saint. She is a saint. Um, <laughs> Love her, love her to death. Uh, so now, like, it's obvious. Other than uh, Wally, Stitch is your guy. Um, yeah. Tell me your favorite thing about Stitch, and if you could change one thing about him, what would it be? I think my favorite thing is just that he's he's so broken, and yet he finds all these other broken people and helps put himself and them back together. And it's just this great thing to me because I'm like, that's that's life. Like, yeah. we're all broken. We all have these, like, family isn't your blood. It's these other people you find who like, hey, you're a person like me. And we can make each other better. And we can help each other through these terrible times and make the world a better place together. That's family. So for me, Ohana is just this wonderful thing. And he's just this great microcosm of how to be a better human being, even when you're broken. Man, that's deep, and that's that's <laughs> deeper than I thought this was gonna get. And I I love you for that. Um, that's what she said. There it is. <laughs> I know I just ruined it, but I had to do it. Um, I think if I was gonna change anything about him, wow, I've never actually thought about changing anything about Stitch because, and this is gonna sound super cheesy to me, he's perfect because I like of what he is and all of his problems. Yeah. Um. Man, 
I like to ask the hard hitting questions here. Yeah, it really is actually. <sighs> I think I'd probably make it so he could swim. Because yeah, his fair. whole body, the whole body density thing, and he'll drown. I don't like that. I don't like him not being able to survive. That's not cool to me. I like that answer. <laughs> I like both your answers when it comes to Stitch. He is, you're absolutely right. He's just a chaotic ball of energy that yeah. stems from this this place of brokenness that is just, in reality, like that movie is about overcoming all the difficulties in your life. And I think we as a society could take way more lessons than we do from that movie. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, like you said, if anybody knows me, they know I love Stitch. Like when we went to Disney World in 2019, Holly and I, I actually got to like meet the guy in the Stitch costume. I'm a grown ass man who's almost 40. Tell me you cry. I know I know it's a guy in a Stitch costume. Tell me I you almost wept. Oh, I wish you did. I was jumping up and down. I was so happy to see him. That's so funny. I was wearing a Stitch shirt. And, then, and I popped the guy in the costume to the point that he's looking at my Stitch shirt because it was a, uh, it's like a, a Hard Rock Cafe type Stitch shirt where like it lists all the rock concerts that he's hosted. I love that. On the back. That's and he's awesome. literally, he's going down my back looking at all the concerts. I love that. I love that you, a grown ass man, still got excited to meet a man in a costume because it was your favorite Disney character. And I, I think that's so cool. And I, I, I love people that have that sense of childness in them. And I think I do too, uh, to an extent. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think we all in the wrestling business do, um, just based on the fact that we play fight in our underwear. Um, yes. And I don't know. I, I think it, it's super cool that people are able to be confident with that. And you are definitely the most confident uh, with your childlike behaviors <laughs> that I've ever well, met. And I mean that as a compliment, even though oh, I laughed I, while I said it. No, I, I take it as a compliment because it makes me laugh when I think about it at times. Um, but I mean, I spent so much of my time as a teenager trying to fit into this mold that I thought I had to be to become popular. And I spent so many years hating myself that when I finally started to look at myself and go, you know, I just, I like these things and I'm going to like them. And I became more comfortable in my own skin. It just made my world so much better. And I was like, I don't care what I get into for the rest of my life. I'm going to be me. And if people don't like me, that's all right. And if people don't want to be around me, that's okay too. I don't need to get ahead in certain industries. If I'm not being myself, if I have to be fake and be this, like this pigeonholed little box that I have to fit in to, to get ahead. I don't need to get ahead there. I've, I've got happiness and that's way more success than any industry can give me. Man. I, I love that answer. That's, that's my favorite answer. Uh, I think I speak from all of us in the Ontario and beyond wrestling community. Uh, we love you, man. And we love that you are childish and we love that you, uh, tell us the worst puns that make us cringe. Um, <laughs> so just keep being you. We love well, it. Thank you. Um, I'm, now let's uh let's keep the downing going and uh let's talk about your least favorite Disney movie. Because I'm genuinely curious because I know that you are someone who loves Disney more than most people, more than anyone I've ever met. Um so I'm dying to know what your least favorite is. So we'll go Disney and Pixar cuz there's two specifics. Okay. Disney is Brother Bear. Really? The, so 
the concept of Brother Bear was enjoyable. I love the music in it because I'm a Phil Collins mark and I always will be, even though I've heard he's a giant prick. Um, so you must love Tarzan then. Oh God, Tarzan gets me every time. I like the first song I cry every time. You can't not. Um, I have Son of Man on my phone constantly. Like I'll, I'll flip my music around every so often. And so Uncle Matt here, kids, still has CDs. And he's put all of them onto his computer so that he can change his music because he refuses to get Spotify or iTunes because I won't buy anything iPhones. Um, <laughs> so I've still got all my CDs that I've downloaded onto my computer and I'll just change music out every so often. But there's a, a group of songs that I keep that I'm like, this always stays on my phone. And Son of Man from Tarzan is always on there. Okay, I like that. Um, but... The whole concept just didn't work for me and it felt really lazy. And it just, the end of the movie just kind of dropped. I was like, okay, sure. This ties directly into my least favorite Pixar movie. Brave. You know what? I, I, I support that decision. Brave's not great. Um... Brave for the first 40 minutes is awesome. And then they go, all right. We don't know what to do with the rest of the story. What's the worst idea we can do? And somebody in the back goes, let's steal Brother Bear's concept and turn the mom into a bear. That's perfect, but let's make it even worse. How about we turn the kids into bears too? Excellent. Let's go with it. And they screw up the rest of the movie. Wow. But man, the first 40 minutes was great. I'll agree with that. Um, <laughs> the first 40 minutes was very, very, very good. And then you're right. It just kind of falls off. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't disagree with you. I think you, you hit the nail on the head there. Um, I am going to ask you one more question before we Go for it. disappear from Disney. Um, <laughs> have you seen the new one, Soul? That's the oh, Disney. I have. Did you it's love it? so good. Because oh, I love Oh, man. It. it was so amazing. And, like, Jamie Foxx plays this great just lost guy who doesn't understand what life is really about. He thinks it's all, like hit that goal and everything's perfect and like just the the realizations that he comes to throughout the movie and tina fey's character is amazing too yes. looking at all the people throughout history that she completely broke was amazing just like the little nuances that she throws in that she would have picked up from all these different historical figures is mm -hmm. amazing like the writing on it is absolutely incredible the visuals behind it are Again, just... The visuals threw me off at times, too. Um, we're not going to go too much into spoiler territory here because I don't want to ruin anything for anybody. But obviously, people have seen the trailers, and you'll see that the those people that they talk to that look like two faces together, yes, creepy as all hell. Yeah. They're, what are they called? <laughs> Jerry? Yes, they're all called Jerry, but they're spelled differently, which just throws me off. Yes. Uh, that being said, the best supporting role in uh, Pixar movie in a long time, goes to Terry. Uh, that little guy's my boy, and uh, he's the best. <laughs> Terry, the, account, the the guy who keeps track of all the numbers? Absolutely. Yeah, he such like a minor <laughs> role in the movie, but like arguably my favorite role in the entire movie, just because of how silly he is. Um, so going back to favorite supporting characters, though, in Pixar, uh, for me, it'll always be Mo in Wally. -E. Okay. I'm the a little big... guy that sounds, he sounds like the Norelco shaver when he goes and like cleans everything up. I'm a big Mater guy. See, 
Cars was gets my honorable mention for least favorite, but not because it's necessarily bad. It's because the people doing the voice acting sounded like they phoned it in. Okay. Like Owen Wilson couldn't care less in that movie. I can see it now that you're mentioning yeah. it. Um, but the the concept, I, like I loved the idea of it. I just like um, the animation in it and how like yeah. literally everything was Cars. Yeah, the animation was great. It also gives more questions and answers about how the world exists because like... So you're a car and you can, and your planes talk too, but you drive the car into a giant plane to go to Japan to race a car in cars too. Yeah. So were you like having sex with him or did he just shove you up his backside or like, how did that actually physically happen? Like you asked too many many (laughs) damn questions, man. I don't have the answers to this. (laughs) Uh, As you know, I do not actually work for Disney. Um, but that, those are very good questions. And uh, if any of our listeners want to take a deep dive into whether the cars and planes were having sex while they flew to Japan, um, message Matt about it. Don't tell me because I'll probably throw up. Um, <laughs> let's take a transition. This is a big... Uh, actually, we can kind of tie these together. Um, Disney ties into anything. You can absolutely transition to any topic from Disney. This is going to be a good transition, but we're going to take a little uh, a little detour on the way. Sweet. Um, you told me, and I was very disappointed when I asked you this the other day, uh, that you did not watch the Nickelodeon broadcast of the football game. No, I did not. And I was very disappointed in myself as well, but I didn't have access to it. Do you have I'm in internet? Canada. Do you have the internet? I do have the internet, you but I'm lazy. If you had the internet, you had access to it. That's all. That's fair. That's very fair. Um, I fully agree with what you said. You and I agreed immediately on this, that every NFL broadcast should be done like that. Why are we not investing in this? And if the NFL is not going to do it, (laughs) let's partner the CFL with YTV and maybe they'll get some viewers. Done. There you go. Like full credit to Sean Payton that he said, look, if we win, I will get slimed. And he did it. I love that. That's amazing. Um, the the googly eyes on the guys the the, the slime zone was the coolest thing in the world <laughs> yeah um, that end zone was amazing the slime line instead of the first down line just the unique Nickelodeon colors all over the broadcast it wasn't your boring old sports presentation I loved it do you know and, what it made uh, me think of what's that back in the and this is gonna we're gonna age age myself here a little folks twenty five back in the oh I'm way older than that twenty six but about twenty five years ago. Back when Fox first started doing sports, they did football. The next thing they picked up was NHL, and they uh, wanted to make it yeah. more palatable for America. So they put they put a frigging highlighter around the puck so people could watch it because you tail. know a black a black puck on a white on white surface is so hard to see. They did that, and they also did the tail, right? The tail, the tail, <laughs> I thought was cool. Honestly, come on, man. It was terrible, but it was cool in like a. It was a cool in a '90s way. Yeah, you would um, you would be the type of person that loves the tail on a yeah. hockey puck. But I hated the I hated the highlight watching. I'm like, this is annoying. It's a black puck. Yeah, you couldn't. But miss to it. me, this felt like the evolution of that. Like this is what Fox wanted to do and failed miserably at. Mm-hmm. Nickelodeon's like, hold my you know hold my juice cup. I got this. Now, did you see the clip of one of the players just screaming "fuck" on Nickelodeon? I did, and I laughed way too hard. <laughs> Probably my favorite part of the whole game, other than um, when uh, the one player got ejected. They did a side by side comparison of that fight and a 
Patrick SpongeBob fight. Yes, <laughs> it was. I was like, that's perfect. And I was just, <laughs> you you can't make that shit up. And God bless the NFL for taking a chance like that oh. because I think if you continue to do it into next year, because apparently it was the highest rated thing that's been on Nickelodeon in four years. <laughs> um, so I think if you continue to take that chance and, and push NFL onto Nickelodeon, I think you'll get those kids involved. Uh, and I think the natural progression of growing older and not wanting to be associated with kids stuff will make them watch just regular ass football eventually. Absolutely. Now for me, the thing is it's one of those, you don't want to oversaturate it, right? You don't want, every single game, every single week doing this. No, but, but I, if think, you took, I think if you did one game a week, it would work. Exactly. And what do you put in there? You put the crappiest game possible because you know the ratings are going to go up because of the Nickelodeon Association. Absolutely. You either do that or you pick one team. And, so we'll call uh, them the Nickelodeon Jets. Yeah. <laughs> well, every game is a circus there, so that would work. Um, <laughs> Love you, James Key. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't listen. Um, Aw. <laughs> I think uh, if, if you picked one team and put them there, you develop that fan base with the kids. Now, that being mm-hmm. said, you'd probably have to buy the rights to it um, because I think every team would want to have the kids game there. Yep. Um, but I think you could make it work. Or like you said, you do one every uh, every week, and I think that works too. But you can't, well, do, here's... you can't do every single game every week. No. And here's my thing. You do, it, you, you do it with, and again, because this is something I think we can both agree on, the Thursday night game sucks. Absolutely. Do it Thursday nights. I don't so care. make Thursday nights the Nickelodeon night, because what do they do on Nickelodeon on Thursday nights, really? Probably nothing. Probably not. So The yeah. only thing with that is you'd have to kick off earlier, because you don't want kids staying up. Exactly. So if you do this, o'clock. you do it at 7 o'clock start time, or yeah, a 6.30 start 630 time. 6.30 would make sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm all for it. Give me this game mode in Madden. As soon as possible. I'll, that would be amazing. I'll get my team slimed. I'll kick a field goal through SpongeBob's face. Um, but now let's talk about what I wanted to talk about in football is your love for the Miami Dolphins. Um, my first oh, question. Oh, I can't believe they didn't learn how to play play on the weekend. Like we it, we could have made the playoffs. You guys were we didn't so deserve close. Deserve to, but so close. And I think uh, I really like Tua. And hmm. I want to get your opinions on Tua because I know the Dolphins fans are kind of split on him right now. I don't dislike Tua, but we put him in too early. Absolutely, you guys did, especially when Fitzpatrick was doing great things. Yeah. I guess the plan from the beginning of the year was let's put Tua in the week after our break. Sure. But Fitzpatrick. Now, granted, I, I love Fitzpatrick. I'm not saying this to dog him in any way. We wouldn't have got to the playoffs with him either he would have screwed us over with heartbreaking interceptions. But damned if we wouldn't have had entertaining games the entire way. Those are both fair points. It would have been friggin' amazing. Every game would have been exciting. It would have been awesome. The problem with Tua right now is we put him in too early, and whether it's him or whether it's the offensive coordinator, if you're not going to let your quarterback throw past the line of scrimmage, you're never going to win a damn game. It's true. It's also Tua weirds me out because he's a lefty. Yes, it throws me off a little bit, too. And any left-handed quarterback immediately makes me go, what? <laughs> um, it's really weird for me as well, because he's such a different quarterback than Marino, and that's why I started loving the Dolphins, was Marino. That's fair. I He was a gunslinger, and it was just like, like it was great for me as a fat kid, because not that Marino is fat, but he's not mobile in any way, shape, or form. And it was literally just, he would drop back five steps and just fire it as hard as he could through people's bodies to the receiver. 
And yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. And that's <laughs> why Marino was so effective. Um, I got to ask you as a Titans fan, do you yep. regret losing Ryan Tannehill? Not in the slightest because he couldn't grow in our system. He, we were screwing him over. There's no question about it. He is a very talented quarterback. And I don't want to hear this crap about, oh, he's a game manager. Game manage all you want as long as you get the damn win. Mm -hmm. But he can also throw the deep ball. He can move when he needs to. He understands how to play with his resources and make them work. He knows that Derrick Henry is Derrick Henry is the greatest beast we've had in forever. So why not let him do his thing and then do play action passes and everybody's open. Yeah. Everyone wins. And uh, I remember when we got him, I was like, oh, Ryan Tannehill, like, I guess as a backup, that's okay. And then Mariota was just dog shit. Yeah. I don't know what happened there. He was great in Oregon. I have no idea where the disconnect was in the Titan system because Vrabel's an unreal coach. Uh, Yeah. But it just kind of happened that like, when when uh, when Tannehill took over, I went to that game, and it was like, okay, like, you know, maybe he's gonna be okay, maybe he's gonna shit the bed, but like, whatever, I'll give him a shot. And he was lights out, and then he continued to be lights out for almost an entire year, and it was like, holy yeah. shit, like, why didn't we give this guy a chance sooner? And it's because <laughs> because we tainted him. Yeah, he had such a bad. <laughs> There's no question. He had such a bad rap with his name, and it was like, uh, like. As a backup, I can see it, and then we gave him the starting role. And to his credit, like Derrick Henry can do everything out there, and mm-hmm. Derrick Henry is gonna be your your breadwinner. Yeah, but having two good wide receivers like we have, and having a, a quarterback who can throw when he needs to, and who can yep. execute play action the way he does, it's it's a great system. Now. So I said why, like where the Dolphins got me, because it was Marino that got me in. And funny enough, actually, Pennington was the one who kept me as, as a fan for the Dolphins. I've never seen someone fake a handoff better than Chad Pennington. If you go back and watch, and it was when he was with the Jets too, which it kills me that he played for them. <laughs> but if you watch him with the Jets and you watch him with the Dolphins, he goes to handoff and he pulls the ball away and keeps his back to the line of scrimmage. Oh, the ballsiest thing I've ever seen yeah, in my that's life. Ballsy for sure. If you just if you go on YouTube and find highlights of him, which I don't know how many highlight packs will be on YouTube of Chad Bennington. Probably not but many. If you maybe one, I don't know if he's got a fan account. <laughs> but if you can find highlights of it, it's the greatest thing. He literally he fakes the handoff and he like you count Mississippi's and you're like, dude, turn around and he's still waning. Insane. Yeah, that's a good um, sell. But. So what is it about the Titans that made you go to them? Uh, I just love Nashville, and I just love that city so much. And I've talked about it probably a hundred times on this podcast. Um, it's just the embodiment of the the entire city of Nashville is incredible. And then you take that entire culture that's down there and you just throw it in a football stadium. So it was a no-brainer for me. And, uh, you know, I really only got into football probably like three, four years ago. Um so picking a team, I didn't want to pick. I, I was like, here's the thing. I didn't want to be the guy who's like, yeah, I'm a football fan now. Guess I'll be a Patriots fan um, <laughs> and like cheer for a team that's going to be amazing. I wanted to pick a team that wasn't the best team in the league. And also yep. uh, I wanted to pick a team that, you know, it, there's a chance I could go to one of these games. So realistically, my choices were between Buffalo and Tennessee. And yep. I don't know. I just, I like the double blue in Tennessee. Uh, it was the same colors that my college had. Uh, so it, 
kind of a lot of things lined up to it. Um, but I'm glad I picked them. They're a fun team, and Derrick Henry's a beast, and our defense is trash, and uh, we couldn't stop Lamar Jackson. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. It's funny because actually uh, there was a thing on NFL memes that they put out, and it was if you can pick one player from offense and one player from defense from your team's past, yeah. who would you put on? And I was talking with uh, Chris Moore, uh, a wrestler from Michigan, and we were just talking about different teams and stuff. And because uh, he's a Detroit fan, so of course he's like Megatron. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's. I'm that's like, no you can't you can't not pick it. And he picked somebody from defense who I couldn't name off the top of my head. But I'm thinking about the Dolphins, and we started talking about different defensive guys because for me it was Zach Thomas. Okay. And then he's like, he's like, what about Jason Taylor? I'm like, man, Jason Taylor was a beast too. And then I'm like, if I'm going to switch from Zach Thomas, and I think I will, I said I got to go Cameron Wake. And part of it is being Canadian and being a BC Lions fan. That's where he came from before he went to the Dolphins. Oh, really? And him and I are, t- and we're talking. He's like, yeah, I don't understand why he's not signed. I'm like, what do you mean he's not signed? He's a free agent right now. And the first thing he said was, I can't believe the Titans haven't picked him up. They have no DNs. And he was a Titan. Yeah, they had him and they didn't, they didn't keep him. And I'm like, dude. Yeah, that doesn't make sense to me. He's uh... yeah. He was good last year, and and when Taylor Lewan went down, it was like, oh shit. But uh, yeah, that's Tennessee for you. Um, I gotta ask you one more thing. We're running out of time here, so let's. Uh, okay. I'm gonna bang out these last couple things I want to talk about. Uh, you and I can bang anytime you want. I knew you were gonna say that. Um, you are probably the biggest Cookie fan I've ever met in my entire life. Fair. Um, in fact. I have a text message that from you before we started this, it said, uh, <laughs> I'll be ready in a couple minutes. I just need to grab a cookie. Um, believe it or not, I have four talking points about cookies. <laughs> <laughs> That's it? Really? So clearly I'm also a cookie fan. Uh, <laughs> let's start with the basic. What's your favorite cookie? Chocolate chip. Now, do you have a specific type of chocolate chip that you like, or are you just open to anything? So I will, I will openly try pretty much any chocolate chip cookie. Um, there's, if we're talking my favorite chocolate chip cookie, there's a bakery out in Victoria, BC, and it's literally just called the Esquimalt Bake Shop. When I was in high school, I would walk home from school and every day I would go to this bakery and get this giant chocolate chip cookie for a dollar. Okay. And it, it's a very dry cookie and I've never liked anything like this in my life, but it is so good. Um, it's almost like a shortbread, but it's been dried a little more, so it's actually kind of crunchy. Oh, weird. Yeah. And there's a bakery in Michigan, actually, in Detroit that Holly found, because um, one of the great things about my wonderful wife being allergic to nuts is she finds random bakeries, and I get to clean them out whenever we go places. See, I want to pause here for a second, because yes. it's very ironic to me that your your wife is allergic to nuts, and yet she's married to the biggest one. <laughs> So that just added $5 to my bank account because I've got a thing set up with my credit union. Whenever anyone makes that joke, I get five bucks sent to me by the credit union. <laughs> that's, that's honestly, that, well, you're welcome. that is, that is one of the two most, that's the most common joke that I get about that. Um, the best joke that I've ever gotten about that was I was driving one of the Japanese wrestlers around back when I was, I just moved to Windsor in 2010 and I was helping drive around the, the Japanese guys and just sort of, you know, help make sure they were taken care of kind of thing. Cause they didn't really speak much English. 
And as I was driving one of them home for the night, we're talking and I'm explaining the whole nut allergy thing. And he's like, so peanut butter. Okay. And I'm like, no peanut butter die. Oh, and he got really quiet. And he's like, what about penis butter? And I nearly <laughs> drove the car off the damn road. I was laughing so hard. Oh man. That's outrageous. I love that. <laughs> um, but yeah, chocolate chip definitely. And yeah, the, the Squamal Bake Shop, that will always be my favorite chocolate chip cookie. Now you can't eat anything. Um, obviously this is a choice on your part. Um, but yeah. You can't eat anything that's in a bakery that even has peanuts, right? Right. Anything with nuts at all. I just avoid it. Now, Technically, the idea of cross-contamination, I more than likely wouldn't get Holly to die, but it's not worth the risk for a cookie. She's worth more than cookies. Well, that's fair. And I would yeah. agree with that completely. <laughs> um, I just wanted to know if, like, you've gotten to try any of, like, the gourmet cookie places in Toronto, but I'm assuming the answer is probably going to be no. Um, not just really, because but... the last time I went to Craig's cookies, we got one that had a Reese's peanut butter cup in it. Yeah. So anything that does stuff like that, I just avoid it to be safe. There's um, a great bakery though in Toronto. Um, it's called, it's the icing on the cake and it's completely nut free. And just, yeah, the stuff there. Oh man. Like we clean that place out when we go, I will drop $40 at that bakery in a heartbeat. Um, there's another one. A little, uh, a little low for you. Well, if you think, so if it's three fifty a cupcake, you get six cupcakes, you get a couple of, like you get a brownie, um, you get a chocolate chip cookie dough cheesecake bar, you get an, I just, you get an, I just got dumped brownie, which is, um, brownie with white chocolate. It's got golden Oreos for the crust and there's caramel and like, it's just, it's, you take a bite and you go blind. That sounds amazing. Oh, it's tremendous. Um, and then you get a couple of lemon tarts and a lemon bar because I love anything lemon. Um, you add that all up and yeah, it's 40. No problem. Yeah. You know what? When you say it like that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Now that's $40 for me. I'm not even counting what she buys. I knew you were going to say that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So there's that one there. There's another one in Burlington called, I think it's called Cupid's actually. Really? Because I live right next to Burlington and I've never yes, been to this place. and that's why I'm mentioning it. It's called I think it's called Cupid's. I'll find it for you. I'm pretty sure it's Cupid's. I'll definitely um, check I'll double it out. Che- I'll double check with Holly. And again, they so they've actually got, they had like a vanilla lavender cookie of all things. Ooh, it was delicious. Um, but when I went there, because again, baked goods for me, anything lemon, I'm in. They had, they had lemon bars, but they had this box and it said lemon ends $4. And I'm like, excuse me, what is that? And they're like, we made a bunch of lemon bars and you trim the edges off the trays, right? Mm-hmm. So it's all the edges of the lemon bars. So it's basically like 10 lemon bars, the equivalent of it in this oh box. And I'm like, give me it. <laughs> so it was basically like a bunch of French fries that were lemon bars. Only you, Matt. Oh, only me would put it on my desk at work and eat it while I was on calls. Yeah, you probably ate the whole thing in one sitting. Don't lie to me. Yeah, throughout the course of the day, I pretty much polished the box. That's fantastic. Um, put no, your... fantastic was last night's dinner where I had sausages and then didn't want to make anything else, so I ate cookie dough. I love that so much. <laughs> um, put your chef hat on for a second. Yep. You have to Hang make... on, I think a fire just started. You have to make the best cookie you can think of. Yep. What do you put in it? Butter. That's it? You just want a butter cookie? No, just that's the first ingredient that comes to mind is butter. Um, I probably go for the classic chocolate chip cookie recipe. 
Um, I make sure that I use semi-sweet chocolate chips. Um, instead of using white cane sugar, I'm probably going to use either Demerara or uh, golden sugar because it gives it a different texture and a different taste. And I'm probably going to switch out the white flour for some sort of Michael whole wheat, but I'd probably do some sort of like a, a mix of like oat and um, kamut and spelt and mixing those ancient grains together. And you get, you'd probably get a really delicious cookie out of that. That's not what I was expecting your answer to be at all. But I love Oh, you're it. expecting me to put like Skittles and stuff in it? I was expecting you to say you wanted a chocolate chip cookie with M&Ms and like sprinkles on it and some Smarties and maybe uh, like a Hershey's bar. Well, see, you can only go so decadent, right? For me, if I'm having a cookie, it's I want that classic feel to it, but I can make some adjustments and then I'm going to eat 50 of them. <laughs> yeah, okay, fair. Um, what's your take on the classic decadent chocolate chip cookie from President's Choice? Uh, I've only had it once in a while because I don't. I think those ones say may contain nuts. Oh, okay, they're all Didn't they're all that. right. They're not great, but they're not terrible. Um, it, it doesn't really jump out at me as one that I, I really need to have. If I'm getting a store bought one, I'm usually going the Chewy Chips Ahoy cookies. Okay, um, which is weird because you just told me earlier that your favorite cookie of all time was a crunchy cookie. Exactly. It is, but just that one cookie, the rest of them, I love chewy cookies. Okay. All the time. Um, there's Chips Ahoy does this great thing where they fill it with brownie as well, and that's just delicious. Yeah, th those ones um, are really good. The caramel-filled ones that you can't find very often, you usually only find them in the States, those are awesome. Um, they did one that I didn't like, but Holly liked. It was Oreo-filled. Well, that sounds nice. So it was a chocolate chip cookie with Oreo filling in it. And I was like, all right, it was just too much Oreo filling for me. See, the way I would have done it was I would have taken a full Oreo and baked a chocolate chip cookie around it. There you go. Exactly. Um, now, that being said, my favorite cookie is, and they only come out around Christmas time. And they're <laughs> a bitch to find. But if you can ever find them, I swear to you, Matt, it's the best cookie you'll ever have. Well, maybe not because you had that really good one in BC. Um <laughs> But it's an Oreo cookie, and they take that Oreo cookie and they dump it, or they dunk it in uh, white chocolate fudge. I got a box of those for Christmas and ate them within under a day. Yeah, I eat a box in a sitting. Oh, yeah. Because here's the thing. So for those of you listening, it's not like we're talking about eating 30 Oreos. There's only 12 cookies in the bag. Yeah, which is fair. And it, yeah. if I so could get a like, box of 30 of them, I'd still eat them in one sitting. Oh, yeah, we still would. But I'm just trying to, you know, I'm trying to sort of play devil's advocate here and not say we're terrible human beings. <laughs> I appreciate um, that. But it's funny. With all the sugar that I eat, I've actually, uh, I went to the doctor and got a physical just a little while ago just because I, I hadn't had one in forever. Got the blood work and everything. And he's like, yeah, everything's fine. I'm like, I don't have diabetes. He's like, no, should you? I'm like, walked him through my diet. And he's like, how do you not have diabetes? That's fantastic. Because, I mean, I've seen the way you eat cookies. Oh, yeah. We're talking sleeves at a time. Yep. Um, There's a, a hidden video on YouTube of years ago uh, when I used to play poker all the time. I, I was on this poker forum online, and I bet everybody that I would be able to get through December without eating any cookies, any chocolate bars, drinking any pop, and having no ice cream. And I got through it all. And they all said they'd double the bets if on December 31st at the stroke of midnight going into New Year's Day, 
I just destroyed a bunch of stuff and filmed it. So there's literally like a 10 minute video of me sitting here playing video games. Just like every five seconds, I'm throwing a cookie in my mouth. I'm going to need to see and this the bag video. just disappears. I will send you that at some point. I'll have to find it. But um, there's also a video of it afterwards where I basically talk and I sound like I'm drunk because of how much sugar I've taken in. That doesn't because I ate, I ate nearly an entire bag of cookies, a bowl of ice cream, um, one of those big Arizona raspberry iced teas. Oh, my God, dude. Uh, a chocolate bar and six donuts. Dude. And that was in the span of like an hour. You're an animal. And I love oh, dude, that's it. nothing compared to my teenage years. You don't even want to know. You're right. I don't. <laughs> um, there's one more question I have before we wrap this up. And this okay. is the one I was saving to the end because I think you're going to have the best time answering this question. <laughs> if you could trade places with any animal, which animal would it be? And also why? And also what's your favorite cute animal? There's a lot of directions I can go with this. Um, I think for me, I'd probably be a sloth. Okay, but I said you had to switch places. <laughs> fair point. Very fair point. Um, <laughs> so um, favorite cute animal, it's really just anything that's a cute animal. I love all cute animals. Um, I've always been a cat guy more than anything. It's not that I don't like dogs. I just, cats are always just have always been my thing. We never, we only had a dog once when I was growing up. Um, we always had cats. They were just so much easier to take care of, but they always just felt very much my type of animal. So I think if I was going to pick an animal, I'd probably switch places with Claude, my cat, because he's got the easiest life in the world. Okay. That's fair. He gets up, he goes, meow, give me a hug. Okay. Pick him up, hug. He starts purring. Sweet. Okay. Claude, what do you want to do? I want to go outside. Okay. Take him outside. Rolls around on the sidewalk for five minutes. Go back inside. Okay, I want to sit on the couch under a blanket. Okay. Like, he's got the easiest life in the world. Um, Sounds like it. If I was picking a real animal that I wanted to switch with, though, probably going to go some kind of big cat, like a, probably like a Siberian tiger or something. Something like that, yeah. So, Siberian tiger. Any reason why a Siberian tiger as opposed to a regular-ass tiger? Um, I think because I still like cold weather to an extent. And for me, as much as Bengal tigers are, are very like, there's a, there's a power difference between the two, a Siberian tiger. There's just so much more strength to it for me when I look at them. Okay. That's a good answer. Yeah. I like it. I think I'd trade places with a penguin. That's fair. I could, I could, I could kind of see that. Also, penguins are my favorite cute animal, so that's probably why. <laughs> that's fair. They're wearing little tuxedos all the time. Come on. I do not love them. <laughs> they can't fly. They're birds. doesn't make sense. They're the most useless bird. They can't fly, but they can swim underwater. Yep. Figure that shit out. I can't. <laughs> uh, you ever see the movie Farce of the Penguins? No, I haven't. I haven't seen March of the Penguins either. I've never seen March of the Penguins. Or Happy Feet. Happy Feet's great. I would highly recommend Happy Feet. Okay. Well... Listen, there's movies that I haven't watched that people are always shocked at. Like, and I think you were one of the people stunned when I posted this a few weeks ago that I'd never seen a goofy movie. Yeah, get what? What's wrong with you? Did you watch it yet? I no, I, that was what the post was that I finally watched it. Okay, that's it. Yeah, and it was I was like, wow, like this is this is pretty enjoyable. But man, if there was ever the epitome of a '90s movie, that is the epitome. Oh, that's of for it. sure. It also like if we're talking about animated movies with penguins. 
Surf's Up. See, haven't seen that one yet either. Matt, you have homework to do. I do have homework to do, but I also haven't seen The Godfather, so. Listen, The Godfather, eh, Surfing Penguins, <laughs> though, come on. It's very much up my, it, it's my alley, absolutely. Surfing Penguins is for sure up your alley. Yeah. One thing we didn't cover was probably most surprising Disney movie. Okay, what's that? And then we'll wrap things up. For me, it was probably uh, Meet the Robinsons. My favorite part of that movie is when the T-Rex yep. <laughs> has a big head and little arms. Yeah. This plan doesn't seem like it was very well thought out. I love that. I went into that movie with no expectations whatsoever. I literally got it for $2 at Blockbuster. And I was like, it's Disney. I like Disney movies. And I threw it in and I'm like, this is so good. Yeah, it's, it's very good. Um, most surprising Disney movie. I think for me, it's going to be the remake of The Jungle Book. Because I yeah. a, a lot of people hated it. A lot of people hated it. I loved it. I thought it was better than the original. Yeah. Aladdin kind of sucked. Mulan was awful. Mulan was terrible. Uh, oh my God, I'm remakes, so glad I didn't pay extra money for it. The remakes, Beauty and the Beast I was okay with. Yeah, you know what? The Be- Beauty and the Beast was okay. Uh, I also, I think part of it was because I loved the, I loved the, not that there's anything wrong with that relationship between Gaston and LeFou, because clearly LeFou wanted him, mm -hmm. and it was very obvious, and it was like, you know, they really didn't pick up on this in the original, so I'm glad they kind of went with it. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I think, like, when you look at the remakes, obviously the ones that stand out, to me at least, are Jungle Book, Lion King. Yep. Um, and then the rest are just kind of hit They're kind of there. Yeah, like Beauty and the Beast, I can do with it. I can don't. I can don't with it. Uh, Aladdin, I really liked Will Smith as the genie. So the rest of it, I didn't. I didn't really hate like. Will Smith as the genie like I thought I was gonna. But they still screwed up because he should never have been the genie. There's one very obvious person, and I can't believe they didn't do it because they had him under contract. Let's hear it. Gabriel Iglesias. Ah, uh, no. If anybody's going to be able to do a, a genie that is an homage to Robin Williams and be able to hit the different voices and get that genuine heart, if you've ever heard his comedy specials where he actually talks but you, about things that affect him, those parts of the genie speech would have worked so much better. I just don't think that doing someone who could even play, like, come close to being as good as Robin Williams was, everyone would have shit on it. I think the smart... They were going to shit on it either way because it's like, this was, isn't Robin Williams. Yeah, the smart choice so was to go as was, yeah. far away as possible. Yeah. And Will Smith was still entertaining and I loved him as it. Uh, I thought Prince with Jasmine was super hot. Um, I felt like the one thing that bugged me about Aladdin... So I agree with you that Will Smith did a really good job and he did better than he got credit for, I think, as well. Um... He basically played that as I'm going to be Hitch, but I'm going to be the genie. Yeah. And I great. love Hitch. I love Hitch. So for me, it worked. Um, but for Princess Jasmine, as much as I thought she was awesome, they shoved that extra song in there for no reason. Yeah, that song they're didn't like, need to be there. They're like, let's stop time and let Jasmine sing for two minutes. No, what? Didn't need to be there. No, there was no point to that. She's hot though. I, I can neither confirm nor deny that because I don't know if my wife is back from hitting the grocery store. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. You heard it here first, Holly. She th he thinks she's hot. Um, if we're talking, listen, 
any Disney princess, if we're going with the would I take her, Jasmine is number one. Okay, there's no wow. question to okay. be on that. Okay, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, Princess Leia is pretty mad at you right now, but so okay. And again, I'm going to get vilified for this. I'm not as big of a Star Wars guy. It's not that I dislike Star Wars. I've always been more about Star Trek. Uh, wrong because answer. From, so there's two reasons for this. Well, three really. One. It was more exploration and science, which I was really more into as a teenager. And that's when I got into Star Trek. Those two things are big. The bigger thing, and you're going to agree with me on this, whether you know it or not. The Star Wars universe has one woman. Yeah. The Star Trek universe has Captain Picard, Captain Kirk, Lieutenant. (laughs) You've got all these people, all these guys going out and banging as much tail as they can I throughout mean, the entire galaxy. I guess so, but Star Wars is still a better story, and uh, you can't change my mind. Um, oh, if we're talking to the movies, oh, Star Wars movies are a thousand percent better. There's no question. The Star Trek movies suck. Yeah. But the TV shows are amazing. All right, I'll give it to you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for coming on the podcast, man. Yeah, anytime, um, dude. Go ahead and plug where people can find you if you want them to. Um. um I don't really have much social media that I don't kind of keep locked down. Like you can find me on Twitter at voice of rising. I don't really use Twitter all that much though. Cause there's so much negativity on there. Um, I mostly just go on my lockdown Instagram and look at cat pictures and like, like people's posts. That's I mean, really I, I, do, I... I do send you a lot of cat pictures. So yeah, I, I spend a lot of my social media time now sending people things that are positive or funny or cute, because I think we're all just in this terrible spot right now that anything we can do to help lift each other, each other's spirits. That's what we should be doing. So I'll, if I see anything that reminds me of someone, I'll send it to them immediately just to give them that smile. I love that so much. So let's end on that note. <laughs> Thank you so much for, uh, for joining me on the podcast. It was so good to catch up with you. You too. And, and I love uh, you, my friend. I love you too, man. Let's, uh, let's catch up soon again. And uh, let's hope that we can count to three together sooner than later. Definitely. <laughs>